You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In the Know. All right, uh, your buddy Sean Monahan, he's uh, done for the season. Let's start off with that before we get into the three straight losses. It's funny, um, you know, the last podcast, I guess we should have known better. We got too high, didn't we? We got a little too high last podcast, eh? Um, it seems to happen a lot where we think we're going to win the Stanley cup and then we suck for a week. I'm not worrying, but I'm last night pissed me off. And as we break down the games, I'm sure I'll explain why I'm not worried and you'll explain why you're not worried. But, um, I guess before we get to Monahan, let's just talk about the contrast that Edmonton game. It's so hard, dude. Is it? I guess it's just like if that's any other team in the league, is like, yeah. do you even care? No. Wow, we won nine five next. Like, yeah, they beat New Jersey that one game like a couple of years ago, like nine four or something. That was fun, but or the like, Columbus game, it was like yeah, that was funny. Eh? Like everyone was asking the guys after the game, Edmonton, have you ever seen anything like this? It's like I can think of like four games in the past two years, two three years, where the Flames have scored like nine goals and. It's been a ridiculously high-scoring game. Yeah, like it happens all the time. Just... Have you ever seen anything like this? It's like it just happened like two oh weeks ago. Oh, my God. It's been five decades since we've seen anything like this. This the is 80s. just like the 80s, you guys. Daryl, Daryl, is this just like the 80s? No. There would have been more fights and more hits. Oh, yeah, good point. But <laughs> the, Or the Columbus game. And we're in Tortorella's like yeah, nine that, that uh seventh goal was really a backbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. But as fans, you like that's you hate these guys more than like do you hate anything in your, your whole entire life more than the Oilers? No, I don't think of one thing you hate more. I legitimately do not hate many things. I fucking hate everything about that piece of shit team. To my core, seething, loathing, hatred. I don't know about you. Dude, I like watching I them lose more than I like watching the Flames win most of the time. Maybe we have an issue, but I think this is actually pretty commonplace throughout sports. At least I tell myself that. But when you go from the extreme high of absolutely fucking shit canning them to then just fucking playing mediocre, but... That's also one of those emotional games if you're on the playing end of things, right? You're, you're riding a – there's no way the players aren't riding a fucking high. They're not going to say much afterwards. 
just because they're professional and Daryl's the coach. So he's got him pretty riled in, but as if they were not fucking celebrating after that win. Dude, it was like, remember when Joe Thornton made the comment about Thomas Hurdle when he got like a four goal game? And he's like, if that was me, I'd have my cock out. <laughs> he's stroking it. That's what those guys are doing after the game, probably. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you know, Lindholm and Johnny and Kachok are just in there like, fuck, are we good? Yep. So then you have three straight losses, albeit against teams that are good and fighting for their playoff lives. And so now you're at a point in the season where you're there's something shifts, right? Because last night they looked tired to me and they, I would, how would you not be tired? You've played like fucking 30 games in the last 40 days. And you're playing against teams that are below you in the standings fighting for their playoff lives. You have, you have a bit of a, a cushion in the standings. I know Daryl doesn't like the word cushion, but you have a bit of a lead in the standings. You fought your way early on in the season to get to that point. Now you're a bit tired. Now you're playing against teams that have not been playing playoff hockey all season long. And I don't know. I still think it's going to be a positive thing rolling into the playoffs. But they looked tired to me last night. I don't know if they looked tired to you last night. Well, two guys in particular. Well, I think Markstrom as well. But um, the top line hasn't been great this week, mostly because Kachuk and Lindholm have looked very tired. Well, Johnny has been fucking great. Johnny's been great. Um, I think everybody on this, outside of Johnny, everybody in this team has looked a little bit tired. I mean, I thought Lucic was really good last night, but um, yeah. you saw a couple really bad games from the top pair, Hannafin Anderson, Colorado and LA. I thought they were really bad. Um, and <clears throat> guys like Toffoli, I thought Toffoli has looked pretty sluggish this entire week. Yep. Some of the new guys, I know Yarncroft was sick. He hasn't looked great. Maybe it's because he's sick. Maybe he's t- sick because he's been tired and traveling around. So it's it's got to be mostly because they're just fucking wiped. They played 16 games in the month of March. It's a game every other day, pretty much. It's insane. It's a ridiculous amount of games, dude. And then obvious, obviously, I thought Markstrom was, looked like, dude, he let in what's how many goals on like 10 shots? Three on ten. Yeah, so he was he's tired. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess we're gonna see a little bit, a little bit more of Ladar, don't you? Wouldn't you think? Or who knows? You think so? <laughs> who knows with Daryl though? But like, my point is, you have these teams now. Games are. Every coach says this every season. You hear it. Right after the All Star break, things start to tighten up. The last twenty games, and the reason why is that every game matters for most teams that you're playing now. Like L.A., every game matters. They got their they might catch us now, but we got how many games in hand? So they probably won't if we can figure this figure this shit out real quick. But all these teams, like St. Louis, they're they're only what three points or four points above the line. So these games matter so much for these teams. They matter more than they do for the flames currently, right? Psychologically speaking, yes, Daryl is going to stress and get them prepared as much as he can. But at the end of the day, when you have a bit of a cushion, 
psychologically, it's easier to let up a bit, especially when you're fatigued. And I think this week we saw that. I don't know. I think the Colorado game was probably the best of the three games that they played. Yeah, I agree. Um, Daryl talked about it after the game. They were the better team five on five. Their their penalty kill, penalty kill is done on a shitter all of a sudden. And but it's just like they they were at it again last night. Like there's one there's one chance that that Rasmus Anderson has to get it out from behind the goal line. There's yeah. no one around him. He just passes it right to the point. And that's what Daryl's stressing is like. No, you have opportunities to clear the puck out. You gotta fight. So. I'm not too worried because I know this is from my perspective. When the playoffs start 20 games from now, I still don't think this team is going to miss the playoffs. There's going to be so much adrenaline that the fatigue thing isn't really going to be, it's going to be a level playing field across the board. I think energy, energy wise teams, it'll be even, there won't be upper hand for teams that, you know, haven't been playing as intense hockey all season. It's going to be level across the board. Plus, you have this team, and we've talked about it, and Daryl's talked about it, a foundation to fall back on, which is just playing solid, sound hockey. This team arguably has played maybe the most solid, sound hockey across the board all league, five on five. Oh, totally. I think that's true. So that is why I'm not worried because sure, a little fatigue kicking in right now. You're playing teams that want it more because they need it more. And you're just losing by one goal. Like these are still close games. Yeah. Like every game this week, maybe outside of the LA game. Oh, Colorado. Colorado was really close. Razor thin. LA game. LA probably outplays you. And then last night you outplay the blues, but just a few mental errors by individual players and some unfortunate puck luck where you can't bury the puck and you lose that game. Like the flames win that game last night more times than they lose it. If you played a hundred times. So they still are playing mostly close to their, their game, just clean up the errors, clean up the mistakes that are probably being driven by, you know, mental fatigue. Um, knowing that they're going to the playoffs in three weeks. So I am, I'm not worried. This isn't 2018, 2019 where, and and I know Daryl will be relentless on these mistakes and he has been, he's been pointing them out very, (laughs) very forthrightly and very publicly. And by the time the playoffs start, these guys will know they have to be sharp. It's not like 2018, 2019, where it was like down the stretch, they kind of sucked, but it was kind of just like a shrug of the shoulders. Oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. No big deal. And then they get pegged for their weaknesses in the in the first round. Um, Daryl's going to correct, hopefully. He's going to be <laughs> harping on these things even more. And I think it's good to even have some stretches like this because it gives Daryl a chance to be like, see, you fuckers, you think you're, yeah. think you're good shit? You think you beat the Oilers 9-5 and everything's going to be easy sailing? It's like, it's going to be hard no matter who you play. So I, I think this... I'm not worried, and this hopefully can only benefit the team. Yeah, and like at the end of the day, Daryl's right. This team wasn't a shoe in for the playoffs, and we're looking at it now. You're like, yeah, they they've battled 
I mean, if you look across the league, Colorado seems to be able to do it with less effort, right? But the Flames, in order to, to play the amount of hockey they've played, and this is just a Sutter brand of hockey, it seems like it's just, you know, if, if you're playing under a Sutter, it doesn't matter which one, you're going to battle every single fucking night. And so if you look across the league, I mean, this team has fucking battled all year, have they not? They've bet look, they've they've battled. It hasn't been easy. This has not been an easy adjustment. But kudos to every player in that in that dressing room because they've bought into the system. They've trusted in it. They've decided they're gonna do it all together. But they've worked their fucking asses off to get to where they've where they've gotten. And so I'm looking across the league and I and you know, you have teams like Colorado, they work hard every night, but they don't need to expend as much effort as we do to be where we are. There's 10 times the skill level. There's other teams that are up there. Carolina can do it a little more effortlessly. Florida, Toronto, right? Now, we can match up against these teams, but my point is, is we've had to work our fucking asses off to get to where we are. And so... Daryl has, um, he said this from the start of the season, it's going to be a battle. And these guys have battled. They have battled. They've put themselves in a really solid position for the final 20 games of the season. But if you look back at all that work that they've invested in themselves and in the team and in the system as a whole, they're going to be fine, right? Once they, there's a bit of a lull. What you've you've lost three games straight. It's the first time since that road trip, right? They've only done it twice all season. They're gonna fucking turn it around. Maybe all they need is a fucking road trip. They're just playing way too many home games. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Lucic. I think he Lucic even said that last night. He was like, "We sure need a road trip." Blake Coleman needs a road trip to get away from him so he can stop worrying about his dumb his Instagram family. for his family and get back to hockey. Blake, 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 focus on what's important. God damn it. Blake, focus on making us happy, not your family, you selfish prick. Piece of <laughs> shit. Yeah, I mean, you don't go the whole year as probably the best five-on-five team on any given night. Like, I think they're fourth in the league in goals for it, five-on-five. Like, you don't, you don't do that without battling your ass off when you're the Calgary Flames. No, and all, all I'm saying with this whole rant that I'm going on with this is that that all that energy they've spent to work their ass off is now something that they they're going to take with them into playoffs because they right yeah they've they've that energy has gone into building that foundation. And I've seen some people think the opposite. They're like, oh, they're going to be tired. Like, oh, you can't play under Daryl for this. Um, you know, you can't play this way the whole season, and then hope to make it in the playoffs and. I don't know. I think the opposite's probably true. It's like the only way <laughs> through the playoffs, the only way to make a significant successful playoff run is to play this way. Yeah. There's no way to, oh yeah, we're going to take a few nights off. Oh, Daryl's not going to be as hard on the guys. Daryl's not going to be as relentless. They're not going to battle every night. They need to learn how to do this. And maybe it doesn't yield the result in the playoff this year. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's down the road. But like you said, Daryl's been talking about this all year. He, he even mentioned, brought it up again. I think last week he was talking about how like this is still a major learning process for a lot of these guys 
And some of them still can't do it on a consistent basis. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're seeing. You know, you have guys like Manjapani who's gone 16 games with one goal. Well, and even after the game, you hear this every season. Everybody talks about it. But I think it was Bieksa talking about teams that, oh, yeah, I know there's some teams, you know, they're higher in the standings all year. It's been kind of a, an easy go. And then, you know, they face a team. Like they say that you see, put an example, if you finish high in the standings and then you have to face a team in the first round that had to like claw and grind their way yeah. to get into the playoffs. They're more battle tested. That's not the case. Like the Flames have done that all season long. So maybe if you're Florida, you've been cruising. But even then, man, like they they scratch and claw. Like, I don't know. There's not one team. I don't know if we'll see many upsets because there's not one team, you know, ranked high, maybe Tampa. I don't know, that hasn't worked their fucking ass off. But I don't know. I'd be more concerned if I were the Oilers winning game six, five, six, four right now mm-hmm. to, to finish up the season than I am flames losing three straight. I'd be more concerned with, with the three, you know, the wins that the Oilers or the last two wins the Oilers had where they got a fucking outscore their opponent by, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they're going to score six goals just to win a game. That's like every night for them generally. Um, but yeah, I, I was a little disappointed the Flames weren't able to win one of the games this week. Because like I said, I thought the Colorado game was, I don't really have any problem with that. That's a close game between, at the time, the two best teams in the conference. Flip a coin on who's going to win that one. The LA game, you let it slip away from you. You don't like that. Um, I, I didn't like the game. I didn't like the St. Louis game, even though they outplayed them i just wanted to see them be able to shut it down and you just could kind of tell even when they tied it it was like they're not going to be able to pull this off i think you even texted me like i don't think they're winning this in regulation yeah or they're going to lose in regulation you could just tell right they just didn't have it in the third period last night at all they didn't have that uh which we've seen them do all year is shut it down in the third um so i don't know little bit of a disappointing week because you had three games that were very playoff-like in terms of how close they were and in terms of opponents you could face. Like, you could face – you will probably face one of those teams at some point in the playoffs. Um, you kind of want to see them be able to to pull, one, pull a win out this week. But, oh, fuck, they got to beat the Kings on Monday. Holy shit. Dude, this is a, this is a big week. They got to turn this shit around. If they don't turn it around quickly – well, they still have some wiggle room because they got. You still have three games in hand on the Kings. You, the worry I think comes is if you play the Kings and lose in regulation on that's Monday, right? Monday, um, then it gets to be a little because, like, holy shit, I don't know about you, but I don't want to play the. Maybe it would be a blessing to play the Oilers in the first round, but I, I don't want to play the Oilers in the first round. I'm, I'm way over picking opponents. Yeah, that's true. Just play. I just because that's see true. We wanted Colorado so bad in 2019. We were like, fucking perfect matchup. Perfect. Yeah. Kicked their ass all year. McKinnon throws hissy fits. Coming out, parking for the abs. (laughs) It helps that they have the best defenseman in the world, though. And that was his coming out party. So depressing. Yeah, he had just come up from from the junior. Holy shit. Yeah, from college. Man, oh, man. He's good, eh? Fuck. He's unbelievably ridiculous. 
he just still looks like a little kid. His cheeks are just like pink, and he looks like you could just pluck him out of fucking some rink in Calgary. Teeny bopper still, eh? Seriously. So give us the, the game stats. I mean, this is this is where I say the game stats have never been more important than you are right now, right? Help us really understand how bad were they with these three losses. Well, they've been – I the Avalanche game – all the Avalanche games this year have been incredibly close. Like every single one. They've been probably the best games to watch. Probably wasn't the best game to watch, but the Flames still – we're better five on five than the abs. When was that? Monday, Tuesday. All Flames. I know is Caudry, I fucking hate. Yeah. Like, here's my hate. Dry saddle them. Who do you hate more? McDavid or Dry Saddle? Probably Dry Saddle. Eh? I hate Dry Saddle more. Dry Saddle number one. McDavid number two. Ooh, it's probably a tie between that's gotta be Smith number three, and then Caudry. Very close behind there. And I don't know why. We don't have a rivalry with him. Well, he, ex- well, he mixed he the trade whiny? to Calgary. And he- I, don't e- I don't even care about that. Doesn't doesn't factor into my hate. Playing them three times this year and watching him fucking whine and cry when he's on the best team in the world and he's having a hell of a season and he's diving and flopping and then he's getting away with stuff and he's fucking bitching the whole time. He's Number always four. he's always been a I, dirty, whiny bitches are the worst because he's dirty. He's filthy dirty, and he's a whiny bitch. Bad combination. And he's good. And he's good. That makes it worse. If they're dirty and whiny and they suck, at least like Zach Cassian, like, come on. Yeah, that's just a that's dude. You who suck. are you? Go away. You suck, plug. Hey, he had 10 goals, remember? I'm a 10 goal. I, I don't know if he knows, but uh I, I don't know if he's checked the stats, but I have uh, 10 goals. <laughs> <laughs> What a loser. So, anyways, back to the Avs. We, we, they're close. How did the game stats shake out? Well, okay. So, the Flames' possession, again, very close. But the Flames have 46 shot attempts to the Avs, 41 at 5-on-5. Five five. Scoring chances were slightly in the Avs' favor, 19-17. to 17, But in terms of high-danger chances, Calgary 7, Colorado 4. Um, and the Flames had the quality. Sh- well, the Avs had the quality shot share, fifty-one point seven percent to the Flames, forty-eight point three. So they had a few tips in there. They had a few really rebound chances, but I mean, the Flames still had the puck for more of the game, five on fives than the Avs did. So, like, that's just a really close game against a really good team that could have really gone either way. You know what really um, pissed me off that game is you have. It's a it's neck and neck. What was it? The two one finish. Yeah, it's a one one hockey game. The guys are battling. It's super close, back and forth. Goaltenders are playing good, and then the refs call a very yeah, questionable. Give me a fucking break, dude. Dude, in the final ten minutes with a game that close with the two best teams in the conference, you're gonna call ruin the game. You're gonna call a questionable one. So, ruin the game, uh, man. It's like, why wouldn't you let that go? Is my question. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. so that pissed me off because I don't even know what to expect in playoffs, man. Like, I is 22, 2022 now. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, there won't be many penalties in, in playoffs. I, I don't convinced. know, man. I'm not convinced. I think I'm more confused than ever. Yeah. I think that maybe we're going to see the refing take a turn and they're going to fucking ruin the playoffs. Not just for us. You're just going to be fucking a treasure all the way around. 
Oh, instead of putting the whistles away, we're going to pull them out. And I mean, I know Daryl. The Oilers will win the cup then, eh? Dude, they'd win the cup, no doubt. The Leafs and Oilers final. CBC dream, Hockey Night in Canada dream. They would die. They would literally have a brain aneurysm with Connor McDavid against from, the Leafs in the final. From too much ejaculation, eh? Yeah, like David Amber and Friedman and McLean would just like jizz themselves into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> but your penalty kill goes, what? You allowed two power play goals, questionable calls. Daryl didn't like um, the plays on either. He didn't like Branson's read on the first Nechuskin goal, which sure. But then he called out, I think it was a double call out because I think it was Coleman and Mangiapane who were on the penalty kill and couldn't get the puck out um, on the second goal. They had a chance to clear it and just couldn't do it. That's a tough one for me. You make a couple mistakes that end up in the back of your net. Some questionable officiating. You outshoot the best team in the league, 45 to 30. They pushed hard until the very end. Couldn't buy a fucking goal. So, I don't know. That's a like. I thought Johnny was great in that game. I thought Kachuk, even though he hasn't been Johnny's. kind of invisible the last two games, I thought Kachuk was really good. I thought yeah. Dubé was really good in that game. But you just can't score. I mean, the highlight of the game is the Flames. <laughs> somebody tweeted this. The Flames scored their first 5-on-3 goal in the last 30 years. Last 30 yeah. years, probably. Yeah, well, I don't know what the actual stat is, but hey, it feels like 30 years since we've seen a five on three goal. Hey, when was the last time we scored a five on three goal? I don't Dude, know. You, you can't even think of it. I can no, and it wasn't even that good of a goal. It was a pretty bad goal, to be honest. A, a rocket from the from the point, like pretty high. No, I thought I thought it was pretty jizzworthy myself. It was sweet, but it's generally you don't see five on three goals score like that. Pretty clear shot. Usually, it's like a wide open tap, and McDavid takes him five seconds to do that. So that game's close. You don't really look at that and say, oh, the season's falling apart. What about LA? This was a game I didn't. This was probably one of the first. I don't know. Is this a trap game? I don't think you can call this a trap game. Can you? No, but it's a game where you can't take off because of what I was saying earlier. They're looking, they've been looking up at you for the last three weeks in the standings and they got a chance to play you they're going to bring their best effort. And you're kind of on the opposite end of things. You have been looking down all season. You're tired. So in that sense, certainly a trap game, but. And I mean, they're missing so many guys, Doughty, Brown, who else? A few other guys, half their D is injured. They have like four regular defensemen who are out. This is the new kiss of death for us. Injuries, not a backup goalie anymore. Up till this season, it's been yeah, been oh, this is his backup goalie first first game in yeah. three years, first first game vault ever in the NHL, or or it's been oh, Alex Edler hasn't scored any hundred games. Oh, we got one against the Flames though. No, this is oh, the team is fucking plagued by injuries. They're missing their top five guys. Oh, yeah, we're gonna lose this one. I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Like, imagine the Flames were missing four of their sixty. Like, holy shit. Imagine we were missing Johnny Gaudreau. Imagine you were missing one important player. Avs don't have Nathan McKinnon. Didn't need him. Yeah, didn't need him at all. 
like, and then the Kings don't have, and I know Drew Doughty's not the player he was, but I mean, you're missing four of your defensemen. So I didn't need him. They didn't need him at all because Michael Backlund just took care of business for Fuck, them was he against terrible. the Kings. All right, let's go to this game because the refing that one refing call for me was my issue with the Colorado game. Yeah. I don't understand the last 15 minutes of this game against yeah, the Kings. This makes zero sense. Backlund um, has a missed assignment on the tying goal with you know, five minutes left in the third period. This is back-to-back games. You blow your fucking lead, eh? Three, well, three games in a row where they fucked up in the third period. I just don't understand. Like, look, I get it. Everybody makes mistakes, right? But this is supposedly your best fucking defensive centerman. I guess little obviously is, but. This is the highly touted defensive specialist guy, the shutdown guy. And you have a, a player behind the net with a D-man standing in front of that who obviously he's responsible for that guy. And Backlund just goes right towards him anyways, not thinking that there could be anyone behind him left open if he does. And sure enough, there's a guy all alone and he fucking ties the game up. Then... You go to overtime, and what did he lose? Like three faceoffs in his own end in a row. Dude, did he win a faceoff in that game? I think he won the opening faceoff at center ice. But my problem is, okay, he just fucking blew it. He cost you the game essentially because he allowed the tying goal. I mean, maybe they score later, but you okay? Why? Okay, why is he starting? I guess that's probably a matchup thing. But you're not going to start with Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm. They can't match up against whoever the Kings can put out. That's not a matchup you can handle. You're going to go with Michael Backlund. And then they're stuck on there because he can't win a fucking draw. And then you, he's your first shooter in the shootout. <laughs> like, okay. Dude, that was infuriating. Daryl, he's my guy. I gotta trust him till the end, but fuck, man, what what was going on in his head? Like, Dude, was he, would... he was he giving him a chance to like say, "Hey, I know you fucked up this whole game. Here's a shot to redeem yourself," or what? Here's what I think. My honest opinion: Daryl knows what it takes to win. He knows that Michael Backlund needs to be a top two C in order to win. I think that's what he's doing. He's trying to get him to a level where I don't know if he can get there, but where Daryl knows he needs to be for this team to have success. We're talking and back and sucked again last night. Sure did. We're, we're talking you and I texting after the game. So it's like, how do you win? How do you have a deep playoff run? If Michael Backlund, your two C can't pull consistent games, a string of consistent games together. It's like he plays out of his mind for two games, right? He was amazing in that Oilers game, and he was he was had a good week, and then now it's just like, dude, you suck again. He's always been, well, not always. The last few years, he's just been like either really great or really bad. So, anyways, that's where I where I think Daryl's coming from. Like you have like you have four 
30 goal scorers on this team. <laughs> and and Michael, Backlund, <laughs> Michael Backlund is going to take the first, the guy who scored one in his shootout. career. He's how, how many years is this his ninth season? Seventh. Well, it's got to be more than that. He's like 10 year vet by now. How long is, is uh, the shootout been back for? At least seven since years. 25. It's been in since what? 20, 2005, 2006, hasn't it? Daryl knows everything about everybody. He's got to know he's doesn't score on the breakaway. No lie. When he comes down, I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to miss the net watch. He doesn't even get a fucking shot off. Bro, you deked yourself out. No one's surprised. Dude, when they... Is the sports betting thing active? I'm not a big sports better guy, but you know how you can like bet on games now, and it's like you can bet like in game, like is who's gonna win this game in overtime? Who's gonna score the over overtime winning goal? Like there should be at a thing. Is Michael Backlund going to miss the net, or is Michael Backlund gonna call it fall flat on his face, or is Michael Backlund gonna deke himself out of his pants on a shootout? Like man, oh man, you you could see that coming from as soon as I saw him out there. Everybody watching the game, we were all just like. Backland fucking flubs it. Fuck, that was brutal, dude. That was, and then Kachuk, bro. Like, yeah, dude, come on. I get it. Try new things and be creative, but not fucking when Michael Backland comes down and doesn't get a shot off, and you need a fucking goal to stay alive. He's been a little too cutesy lately, old Maddie boy. Yeah, I was uh, not impressed with either him or Lindholm the last two games, and I get it. They're tired. They've been battling all season. They're coming off the emotional high of Edmonton, but like Johnny Gaudreau and even Daryl after the this game, the LA Kings game, right? They asked him about the top line. He's like, well, Johnny Gaudreau is good. He carried that line all night. <laughs> yeah, and he totally did. Lindholm was terrible. Um, he was well, he was one of the worst. I think he was the worst forward on the ice in terms of expected goals for that night. Chuck didn't really notice him at all. Johnny was really good. I thought there was like three forwards who were good. Johnny was one of them. Lucic was one of them. And Monahan was the other one. Everybody else, meh. Is Blake Coleman ever going to score again? Who is Blake Coleman? Does he play for us? Dude, how much are we paying this guy? Almost $5 million. Why does Brad even sign fucking UFAs, dude, at this point? If you just took Brad's phone away on ufa day this team would be so set up yeah not even joking no i'm not kidding at all um but i don't know coleman's pissing me off dude has what 12 goals this year come on and he's not like sure i get it he does 13 13 yeah that's not good enough but like dude like you're playing top nine and top six and power play like and i get that he does things for you defensively and I get that he's been on the penalty kill. He hasn't been good enough defensively this year for me to like overlook the fact he's like not helping out at all in terms of scoring goals. Like, dude, has 29 points this year. It's not good enough. 29? He's gonna finish, he's gonna finish under 40 points. Like, that's no good. So, what were the game stats for LA? Well, the flames still. I just wanted to mention the thing with Cope. Like, I was watching Cope Tarl night because he's one of my favorite players to watch. And given the discussion on Backlund needs to be better than like 
he needs to be a lot better if he's going to be 2C for the Flames to win. Like, watching how good LA is down the middle with Kopitar 1, Philip Deneau 2, like, dude. I was watching that game going, like, holy fuck. Kopitar is good. That's a team that's strong down the middle. The Flames, I don't know if the Flames are there yet. I mean, all this Lindholm Selkie talk. I watched Kopitar all night that game. Dude's a monster. Dude is an absolute beast. We need Rizicki back, dude. Dude, we need Rizicki. You're telling me Rizicki isn't the third best center on this team still? Yarn Croc. Put Yarn Croc on the wing. Like, yep, exactly. He, he doesn't do anything more in the center position than he would on the wing. It's like, sure, it's cool he switches his stick, but <laughs> I think Rizicki is better. I don't think Rizicki is better. Now, does, plain does, and simple, with Richie snapping his leg in half last night, does, does this? <laughs> Sorry, Brett, dude. Just it, as you were playing good, man. Yeah. Of, of course, it would happen in the in the one game he scores. Eh? Nice, he's got two goals now, but God, that was gross to watch. Why did they show it twenty times? I know that was nasty. I like how in everyone case, just. I like case... how everyone just ignores him, though. Right? They're just like going at the celebration. Dude is laying there, like just dying. Carpenter, Hannafin, Lucic are just like totally ignoring him. That was a really weird celebration because even even Carpenter, like Hannafin scores. I think he thought Lucic got it. He must have because he's like, get out of my way, Hannafin. He's like going to celebrate behind him, right? But I scored. I scored, Ryan. I love the the replay from behind. Where it's just like, dude, you shot it directly <laughs> yeah. at the goalie and it somehow went in. I know. That was the most Hannafin goal ever. Yeah. Like, there's a one in a million chance that goes in based on where he shot it. Yeah, exactly. So lucky. But anyways, Richie King's game stats, where were we? Well, we were just going to say, we're talking about Rosichka. Now that Richie's leg is probably... Gonna oh have God. to be amputated. Yeah, does this force Daryl's head? I don't see how you don't call him back up now. No, you have to because you're down Monahan, you're down Richie. Um, Brzezic is probably better than both those guys, so um, I feel like a call up is inevitable. Yeah, it's, you're gonna see Brzezic go, and I it, think maybe, hey, maybe it's a blessing in disguise here. Look, everybody knows that Brzezic. I know we're still like, hey, veterans, you got to learn certain things. But come on, like he, how many goals does he have for Zichka? He's probably got almost as many points as Coleman at this point. In what quarter of the amount of games? So what did you need last night? You needed some goal scoring. You have not been getting goal scoring in your middle six. Zichka will do that for you. So I think you have to see him. All right, we might as well. Let's touch on Monahan while we're here because the coming back to the Rizicha thing, maybe this is a blessing in disguise because if Monahan does not go out for the season, then Daryl's tempted to play him in the playoffs and maybe, maybe he does contribute and he becomes that unsung hero in the playoffs if he's part of a playoff race. But everything leading up till now tells you that this guy, you can't even play him in your lineup. He contributes zero. Talking about Monahan. So, thoughts on the Monahan news? He's out for the season, injured his other hip. Apparently, it just happened because my thing is like, yeah, 
you guys couldn't have figured this out two weeks ago and then replaced him at the deadline with somebody. I mean, that well, was kind yeah. of what everybody was saying, but it sounds like it just happened. I don't know why Brad didn't say that. Daryl said it. I it was confirmed later that um, Daryl had said that it, it literally just happened. So, I, I yeah, yeah, it just happened, and yeah, because he was like he was on the podium like what the day of the game, LA game, where he was getting back in the lineup and starts then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who sounds more like Sean Monahan. My impression of him or Monahan, like, <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure I'm. I sound yeah, more I mean, like Sean than he does. The surgery starts tonight. Yeah, I mean, I feel great, and yeah, um, but he had said somebody's like, "You feel good, you're healthy." He's like, "Yeah, I feel great. Yeah, I feel good." So, it it sounds like it was. He thought he was going to be fine, and then he had an MRI, and it showed like his hip was fucked. Yeah. Well, it's gonna he needs to take a season off, dude. Dude, he needs to go on LTIR for the sole purposes of his health and not because we need to sign Johnny Gidro, Mac Chuck, and Andrew Manjapani. Just for his own good. Well, at least that will buy Brad more time. I don't how do you find a suitor now? Well All these potential teams that are gonna take a flyer on him. Now they're not. I don't know. Maybe you do if you're still a team. It's like, hey, he's he's healthy now. <laughs> he's part robot now. Um, this dude's like the black knight from Monty Python. His arm cut off. Ah, it's fine. I've had worse. Still going at it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe if you're a team, you still take a flyer on him. Goal, the guy who scored 30. You know, these GMs. If you can trade like Phil Kessel and guys like that, you can trade Sean Monahan with a robotic hip at age 27. You can do that. The only thing it does probably hinder is the Flames' ability to buy him out in the summer if they were going to go down that route because you can't buy out an injured player who's on LTIR. So, well, I don't know if they were going to, were they going to do that? I don't think they were going to do that. I think trading him has always been on the table and will still be on the table. I know some people like, Oh, he'll be back next year. I don't know. I'm, I have no, in in what world is Sean Monahan on this team next year? He's He's, He's either on LTIR for the year next year as a Calgary flame, or he's elsewhere. The guy just played himself out of the lineup while healthy, so he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Even if you wanted him back, you can't have him back because of money. So I don't know. It's 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 weird. It sucks. Like the guy's made a glass, obviously, by now. I know everyone's mad. Everyone seems to be either mad at Monahan or mad at the team. It's like, I don't know. Shit happens, and it's stupid and whatever. Like He's not helping your team, so he's not playing. Although he was good against the Kings, I have to say, but I mean, good as in he was okay on the fourth line with Lucic and Lewis. But I don't know. It what sucks. Did you think? Sucks, but thoughts on Carpenter last night? That fourth line was the best line. Fourth line was fucking great last night, dude. Lucic has turned it up a notch. He was fucking good last night. And let's say like he has sucked. He's been right there alongside Monahan the the last what two, three, four weeks in terms of like what do you even do for this team? But the buddies turned it up a notch the last few games. He was fucking great, and they didn't miss Sean Monahan one bit. All right, give us the game stats for the Kings. All right, so the Flames have 55 shot attempts to LA's 44 at five on five. So these don't count overtime. Overtime is not included in this. Um, scoring chances, 30 for the Flames, 22 for the Kings. High danger chances, the Kings had 13. The Flames had eight. 
So the Flames were a little leaky. A little leaky in that game. A little leaky. Um, I don't know. Like, it feels like outside of that fucking stupid decision to put Backlund out at overtime and put Backlund out in this in the shootout, this was an okay game. Yeah, Backlund lost you that game. Yeah, like, I feel like that was a pretty fun game, you know? You tie that game up. You, they battled. All right, sorry for the interruption, folks. Just got to get an award from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So for NBA fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get 150 bucks in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or you live in Canada, you can still get a big payday with huge cash prizes from DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use the promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network and bet just one dollar on any NBA team and get 150 bucks in free bets if they win promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA 21 plus only minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. There's a minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you live in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-quadruple-7 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call eight seven seven eight hope and why you know well and it's hard not to to be like oh it's the kings come on yeah. but they're in second place in the division for a fucking reason they you know just fluke your way into second place i mean they've played more games but this is a good team and dude how good it, i i was i know i was right or uh talking about kopitar but fuck victor arvinson can shoot the puck like a motherfucker I really yeah. want him on the Flames. The fucking Kempe is good. Why do we suck in overtime now? Everyone who used to be unstoppable in overtime? I guess it's because we play Backlund in all overtime now. Yeah, you don't play Kachuk and you play Backlund. Hey, you know, Johnny, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is like the, one of the most prolific three-on-three scorers since three-on-three started? Yeah, let's not start him. Yeah. I don't like that matchup. Nah. I don't like the most prolific three-on-three uh, -three guy against something else. I'd rather have back with those. And I mean, there's worse things to suck at than overtime in the shootout because those things don't exist in the playoffs, but it is getting kind of fucking annoying that we suck suck in those games. So what you're saying then, five on five against the Avs, you're slightly the better team. Five on five versus the Kings, you're slightly the better team. But you only get one point, but the, the Avs game is kind of a toss-up. So really... You're looking at those two wins or losses. Man, not, not that big of a deal, especially considering all the things we've covered with the fatigue and how they've been playing all season long. Let's go to St. Louis. What was the game stats St. Louis? Dude, the Flames fought. What were the shots by, like, the third period? Did the Blues even have 10 shots? That first period, you're fucking utterly dominating them. Like, the Flames had six hiding. Like, they had six in the first period, six in the second period, five in the third period. You 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 put up seventeen high danger chances last night. 
to St. Louis is eight. Like you fucking dominated them. Shot attempts, 65 for the Flames, 39 for St. Louis. Scoring chances, 30 for the Flames, 21 for St. Louis. And then the high danger chances, 17 for the Flames, eight for the Blues. Like you fucking crushed them five on five. How many posts did they hit last night? Yeah, a couple. So I don't know. Last night's last night is like that's when you just fucking burn it. That's when you just move on. move on from because like holy shit, you should have won that. Your goal, like I don't even know. Like everyone's all like, "Oh, Markstrom sucked." I don't know. He probably needs to make one of those saves, but it was some poor defensive coverage, and it's like every, it's like one of those games where every everything that can go wrong goes wrong, and you just move on from that one. And I was frustrated. I was pit- watching that game last night. I was pissed off. I was like, fuck you, Backlund. You suck. You suck. You know, just pick those guys you just hate during the yeah. game. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think the only thing concerning for me is that, like I said earlier, these are three games that maybe kind of emulate what it's going to be like to play in the playoffs, these tight games where there's not a lot of room, where teams aren't giving you much, and you just weren't able to bear down and win any of those games. Like it kind of feels like those were three games. Remember early in the season, it's like they whooped Anaheim's ass. There's a there's a few stretch of games at home where they were played really good but couldn't win. Yeah. It felt like that was well, a week that it felt like this was a week from then, but you're just kind of like, okay, well, have haven't we progressed to the point where you maybe win one of those games this week? So uh, that was my only kind of like disappointment is like the bar now should be higher than the bar was at the beginning of the season. And you would hope to at least win one of those games. Yeah. But outside of this week and like what, two other weeks, you've had a pretty flawless season otherwise. Yeah. Like they showed their home record. Like to start the season, it was like four, four, and four. And then the last three months, it's like 15, one, and one. Yeah. Like, geez. These guys need a road trip. Just change it up. Um, the other thing is since Minnesota now, this is three games where the team has scored in their first shot in the first shift of the game. What the fuck? So I don't know if that's a thing. Well, that's something that this team used to because we were kind of talking, you and I last night, just kind of like old old patterns. That's something that used to kill this team, though. Remember? Yeah. Like they'd get scored on early and then the game would be over like done like there's no fight it's just like you knew it was done you're like fuck game's two minutes old and game's over you know it's over well and that's the other thing is you're looking at how they responded after that like fuck it pushed like crazy they kicked their ass right and you got to take you got to take things like the fact that they did tie the game last night sure they fucked it up afterwards but i don't know i just think about in years past they probably don't even tie that game off last night they just tell they put in they just put it put in the towel. What's the fucking expression? Put it throw it throw, in the throw towel. In the towel. Yeah, get a little cock tease, and then that's about it. Exactly. Richie ties it up. Johnny comes down with this patented fucking top shelf dinger. Dude, okay, that's like one of the goals. Did you see how he takes that pass off his skate? Oh my god, stick? that was backland. It's just like, dude, <laughs> that's the only guy on the team you could pass like that, and it would turn out well. Like just incredible. Like, and okay. We got to just quickly talk, and I'm not a big awards, trophy awards guy, whatever. The, 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 the writers who vote on this are morons. I don't put stock into it, but, like, Johnny Gaudreau's going to get so screwed in the hard voting this year. Oh, he won't even be a candidate, dude. Like, I don't even think he's probably going to – maybe he gets into the top three. Maybe. But 
you know that like guys like Huberdo are gonna like get votes over him. It's it's you know Shesterk. All the Eastern voters are gonna fuck him over. But like this week, watching this week, the Flames lose three games. I wasn't particularly impressed with anybody other than the fourth line last night. And Johnny Joe was the best player on the team this week. Like I don't know a team who like is Johnny Joe not more important to the Flames than any other player in the league is to their team. No. So Probably not. I'll just say this. He should, he shouldn't, I don't know if he should win the heart. Matthews probably has the edge because he's like a monster this year, but I know Johnny's going to get fucked over by these stupid writers. The last time they said he's on pace for 110 points. It's insane. It's going to bull that fucking, we got 99, right? Yeah. 99 in 2018, 2019. Never that last game. We're like, Holy fuck. He got so close. It was against the Oilers, wasn't it? I've completely blacked out anything from that. That's that year, that end of that last month, that April of 2019. You banged your head against the wall too many times. eh? I I smashed my head. I remember going to the Saddle Dome for the playoff game, that game one. Oh, yeah. I was there for game one and two. Yeah. And it was just like, it was so exciting. And then after game one. Actually, I was there for all. Yeah, you were there for all of them. I was there for game one and five. But after that first game, it was like, even though they won, it was like, holy fuck, I don't think we can pull this off. He knew right away. Fuck. And it was fucking Backlund and couldn't fucking. If Backlund scores in overtime in what, game four? I think it was game. Th- was it game? Yeah, it was three or four. Get a fucking wide open net, bud. Anyways. I will forever have a fucking hate on for him just for that. I don't even know when. Yeah, I know. Like, I used to love Backlund. He used to be my favorite player on the team. And then he's just his dumb plays over the past two years have really started to bug me. Starting to add up, eh? Cumulative. So, there you have it. You dominate the the Blues, but you still lose, so it's frustrating. But if you look at the last three games, you break them down. You lose all three, but I think you just chalk it up under – it's an 82-game season. Shit's going to happen. Now it's about how do you respond because, you know, in the past few seasons, we've always been harsh critics of this fucking trust the system, trust the system, when it's just like what system? The system where you get dominated in all areas of the rink every fucking night, that one? <laughs> the system where you rely on David Riddick to make like 600 saves to win a game? Rely on fucking David Rick to play like Dom Hasek every okay. game. Yeah, we'll rely on that. Okay, yeah. Turn tur- season's turned around, coach. How do you want to play next season? Like just like we did in the playoffs. Get oh. dominated. Somehow hang on by a thread to pull out a couple wins. Oh, so you want to get fired then? <laughs> but this is uh this is where you have to trust the system. And just keep just keep playing like you have been. Trust that you'll get your legs back. Trust that other teams are going to have their own challenges and you're going to capitalize. Trust that going on a road trip is what you fucking need. You play like 18 home games in a row. Like, give me a break. What a weird fucking schedule it's been. The whole year has been a weird schedule. Like, if they had a normal schedule, they'd probably be far and away the best team in in the Pacific, like by a mile. This upcoming road, upcoming road trip, you got this is interesting. We got the California road road swing, which in past years was fucking Death Valley, but 
LA, I think it's important to play LA first, to be honest. Yeah. Because they just beat you. You want redemption. You want to get a good start to the road trip. They're probably going to be ready to play. For some reason, what are we, are we okay? I think we do okay in LA, don't we? Yeah, I feel like we've won a lot there. Johnny's had like four hat tricks there, it feels like. Maybe he's just had one. But Then you play Anaheim and San Jose on back-to-back nights. I don't know how I think that plays out well, too. You play in San Jose, the game you, the team you probably want to play more than anybody because they beat you three times and you want to get redemption. And then you round it out in Seattle. It's a four-game road trip. They need to get on the road. They're going to some warmer weather. They got to turn themselves around here. Well, it's, yeah, it's like perfect timing for this road trip. Um, I wish I could go on this road trip with them fucking dismal out snowing here all the time. I know you're out golfing every day, but here in, here in rural Alberta, it's still depressing. It's so green over here right now. It's like brown. It's yesterday. So in the morning, it's like beautiful out. Then it was like a windstorm. Then there was like a blizzard. Then it was beautiful out again for 10 minutes. Then there was like a hail storm. It's just, just, just need an earthquake, eh? Like, just give me a tsunami and put me out of my misery or something. <laughs> but, dude, like, you, look, I can't believe their schedule in April. I'm looking at it right now. They play every day almost. They play four games this week, three games next week, four games the next week, three games the next week. Yeah, there's a lot of hockey left, though. Whew. So, I mean, look, Daryl's obviously been right. This team is going to battle for a playoff spot. It's not going to be easy to finish the season. They're obviously tired. They got to fucking – Trust the system. They got to work out some more kinks. It sounded like Yarn Croak had a non-COVID illness, so maybe he'll be back tomorrow for the Kings. But you got to keep pushing. Did you see um, a couple more things to wrap up on? Did you see the – was it Money Puck? I sent this to you the other day. Mm-hmm. I know you don't put too much stock into these, but they are they are based on a current snapshot of underlyings for each team, right? Yeah, they're mostly driven by expected goals for percentage. So, like, quality shot share. So, but Money Puck had the Calgary Flames ranked number one as a cup favorite. I believe they're still number one right now at 11.8%. So, just explain this. I know you just kind of did, but do a little more in depth of what is Money Puck saying, which which is you know, some of the underlying stuff that's actually points to something that this team could bank on to have some success in the playoffs. Well, it's what you're saying. Trust the system now, right? The Flames on any given night always have the puck more than the other team at five on five. And they always generally create more dangerous scoring chances than the other team. That's pretty much what it comes down to. It's like most simplistic level. The Flames have the puck. The Flames are one of the best teams, five on five, in the league, if not the best in the league. So if you're doing that over a seven-game series, you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. So I think that's, like you said, this is time to trust the system, right? And, I mean, I I said this last week. is like, I don't know if they're going to win a playoff round. I think they will. I don't know how far they're going to go, but at least you know this year, it's not going to be a fucking shit show. It's not going to be like that was a circus of errors and we lost. It was not going to be like 
Kachuk up in the press box, like pulling his hair out at the absolute absurdity of the game state where you just pulled your goalie, you're getting killed and you pulled your MVP goalie for a guy who hasn't played in six months, shit like that. If the flames get beat, they're going to get beat fair and square by a team who outplays them. But it's any team they're going to play. They're going to match up well against because they're just so goddamn good. I don't see how Richie returns, but do you think Richie would have been an asset in, Look, a, playoff, I, in a playoff? I know we make fun of the guy, but like I honestly think he's been one of the better fourth line guys this year. And in the playoffs specifically, like he's a big dude that can skate and slam some bodies. Like was it the LA game where Zadorov was just like creaming everybody or was it the Colorado game? I think it was both. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I think even Kelly said it, like I would not want to play against Zadorov in a seven game series. Well, how about Zadorov with Gabranson? Yeah. Like, holy shit. But that's my question is we, I don't see him returning, man. His leg fucking bent in half pretty much. Dude, like he snapped his leg. So I think he would have been an asset in a, in a seven game playoff series. Yeah. On the fourth line. Yeah. On the fourth line. If that, However, fourth, if that fourth line plays like they did last night in a playoff series, like, holy fuck. Well, who played with them after Richie I left? I think they were swapping in. I think Toffoli played. They were just kind of rotating guys. I saw Toffoli out there a few times. The nice thing is, is, you know, offensively speaking, anybody can replace Brett Ritchie. So, <laughs> you know, you need a little more than just hits, even though that, that would have been a value in a seven-game series, like you're saying. But is there any way this guy returns? Like, his leg snapped in half. Yeah, I think he's done. All right, I want to get your take on a couple other non-flames things, and we'll wrap it up, but... Did you see the uh, the Beagle Terry incident? Uh, yeah. Where Zegers goes between his legs, they're showing him up a little bit, and then Beagle like beats the shit out of Troy Terry. Yeah. yeah. First off, this goal. <laughs> Holy shit! Absolutely absurd with the amount of ease that uh, Zegers picks the puck up. Look, I get that part. The puck was already kind of on edge. Picking it up was easy. Having the wherewithal to continue on and do the lacrosse style Michigan around your own player is what boggles my mind. But then later on, like you said, a scrum ensues. And then, yeah, Beagle fucking, I didn't, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't I, see the vicious, malicious play. Like I saw a scrum. And I saw him like grab Troy Terry. Yeah, but I guess they're saying when he was down, he was he was hitting from behind and smashing his face into the ice. Well, did you see Terry's face? Is like fucked up. I saw his fucked up face. Yeah, yeah. it looks really bad. But um, I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think the league will look at this? Because they, it wouldn't. Have, I don't even know if, if it gets talked about this much. If the Arizona announcer is not like. <laughs> This is what happens when you try to be skilled. You get your face smashed right into the ice, and you deserve it. I know, right? What is that? It's just like, is it though? Is just trying to score a sweet goal? Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm going to kill you now. (laughs) Oh, you tried something fancy. I'm going to basically leak your brains out onto the ice now. 
and you'll deserve it. I don't know. Is the league looking at it? I haven't heard anything. Jay Beagle, I think he's from Calgary, but he's always been a piece of shit, in my opinion. Isn't he the one? Okay, I'm trying to think of who the guy was. I think it was Jay Beagle. He used to play for Washington, and yep. in like his, he's from Calgary, so his first game was in Calgary, and he fucking rocked Damon Lankow, and Rene Bork beat his head in or something. It was great, that. but that's I my actually, that's my memory of Jay Beagle. He's the same age as me. I actually played against him in Calgary. Yeah, see, is he a piece and of he, shit? Give us and he was he was a plug back then. He was a like plug a now. Yeah, well, that's the that's he did. He wasn't very skilled, but. You know, typically, if you're a plug back then, you don't make it to the show. So he's obviously a good hockey player, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of controversy happening right now around us. When you get your thought on it. Yeah. Like, I, I just think like Gaudreau got slashed a bunch last night. The star players in this league still get like fucking killed on a nightly basis, generally, and nothing seems to happen. Like, can you imagine if Jay Beagle did that to Gaudreau or Lindholm or or Manjapani? Manjapani would kill him, but Manjapani's funny, man. You think he's gonna he's probably gonna score eight goals on this road trip now? Right? He's gotta get score. Yeah, he's back on the road, back where he can score. The thing with Manjapani, though, like I still think he's still fun to watch. Like, he's still like, dude, guy's still a gamer. He'll be ready to go roll come playoff time. Yeah, his uh, so his that second line is Backlund and Toffoli. Like you said, Toffoli looks a little tired. Backlund's just back to being fucking dumb and stupid. <laughs> so it hasn't really helped out Manji Pawnee, but he's still down there grinding and he's making shit happen. So just a matter of time, I think. Yeah, and I'm hoping the same is for Coleman. I'm hoping like, hey, playoff time is when he pulls his big boy pants up. And I know him and Gabranson got into it practice. <clears throat> Did you see that altercation? I heard about it, but I never saw it. Yeah, it wasn't really much. They were just kind of shoving. It was pretty Uh, docile. They made a big deal of it, but I liked it. Daryl's quote was great. What do you say? He's like, those are just two bangers just going at each other. Two bulldogs, eh? Yeah. Fuck, I love Gabranson, dude. Dude, I do too. Like, he's... I can't believe how much I like him. Like, he's just such a monster, and he's probably... He's not as good as every like he, he's having a good year, but like you hear on like sports that they're like Cabranson is a door holding the or, oh, the core of the flames blue line. It's like not really. They still play shelter in minutes and and stuff like that, and they make some mistakes that get exposed occasionally. But fuck, do I love that guy? They they could be they could be a playoff series X factor. Yeah. I was just going to say a wild card in the playoffs. Like I'm thinking of that defense from 2004, where it was like Regeer and Leopold and Montador and Commodore. It was like, they could be like a Montador Commodore type thing, except more punishing. Yeah. All right. The other thing from around the league, Yandel, the Iron Man, this guy, this guy, (laughs) since 2013, he hasn't missed a game. What if, what the, okay, we're actually, you know what, Flames, we're actually lucky right now that the year Johnny Gaudreau becomes a UFA, Philly is a shit show. Yeah. There's no way he's would ever consider going there based on how it's being run. Like, what a joke of a franchise well, right now. And we're lucky that this team finally started to figure it out because yeah. as if he's going to want to leave, he already wants to stay and now you have a good team. So, but Keith Yandel, dude, you're not even in the playoff picture for the Philadelphia Flyers. But I maybe you don't want him on your team next year. You want to start the rebuild. 
But then let him let him finish out the season, then trade him or something. Like his Iron Man streak is now over because he was a hell of a scratch last night. Didn't Mike Keenan do something like this to Corey Sarich back in the day? This I this I feel like he scratched Sarich in like it wasn't an uh, obviously a thousand game Iron Man streak or something, but Sarich had what Sarich had played like a ton of games in a row and then Keenan sat up just like randomly for like no reason. Sarich or, was Sarich was pissed. Or the was it Babcock Madano or something like that? Yeah, ba- yeah, okay. That's like all time dick move. <clears throat> that's all time. That I think that's worse than this because Madano Hall of Famer, best American player to ever play. And like Babcock scratched him so he couldn't get to I don't know what what game number it was at, but it was just ridiculous. Was it like a thousand or something? Yeah, it was just absolutely absurd. But I don't know, like this is kind of a dick move, isn't it? Well, the 20, you got 20 games left. Your season's over. You suck. You suck. I get it. Maybe you need to move on. It's just like you can't just, at the detriment of the team, keep the streak alive. But is it to the detriment of the team? Like, you can't play in sheltered minutes? I don't know. It was kind of a bummer, but. Especially with something like, I, if it was just some random dumb thing where it's like, hey, he's played like 400 games in a row, I, w- I wouldn't care. But, I mean, like, that's a pretty incredible feat. The longest streak ever, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, that's, ins- that's insane. In the ended, NHL. Ended. Ended on a fucking Saturday night. On a healthy scratch. On a team that's out of the playoff picture. By Mike Yo, who was like, is there a worse? I didn't even know he was in the league. I, I, I had to check he was the coach. It's lame. All right, let's wrap it up with Daryl. He had a banger the other day. You text me, you're like, did you hear his fucking interview? So anyways, he's talking about how the team, until you have playoff success and a one around, you'll always be the underdog. I know you liked this interview. Is there anything else specifically from this interview that you liked? Well, that specifically was what I loved was because they're they're going on about how, you know, all the Flames are so good, Flames are so good, blah, blah, blah. How do you keep that underdog mentality? And Daryl just like, he doesn't give a fuck. And he's right. He straight That's up right. said this team has had this franchise. He didn't even say this team, didn't he? He said organization. Yeah. He was like, this organization has had zero success for a long time. Thank you, Daryl. Like, he's like keep, yeah, he's keeping them all in check. Um, well, he's not even keeping it. He's not even keeping the team in check. Yeah, he's like keeping the, the whole franchise in check and the fan base in check, you yeah. know? Because like <clears throat> that's where so much so many of us like I think it came to a boiling point this past year when they were just terrible and rehired Ward and all that shit. That's where so many of us have been is like, how can everybody be so okay with this? Like they haven't won jack shit in like 35, 32 years. You've you've been you've been past the first round once in like 31 years and yeah, half the fan base going like, oh, everything's cool, guy. Oh, yeah, don't so, wait. Don't, don't be so negative. Why are you so yeah. negative? Because like, well, the team has sucked forever. That's why. Because you haven't won shit in forever. And I just love that. And, like, it's just he he's kind of not overnight, twice in the past 20 years, restored this franchise's credibility. Like, we were a fucking choke. You know, absolute Jeff absolute Jeff Ward, like we can't even like we were an absolute laughing stock. Second biggest joke in the league. It's just pathetic. 
Edmonton a, first, obviously. That's right. Yes. But, but yeah, I know, man. It's just, it's thank God we have Daryl. I mean, we've had one, we've had what two other question marks throughout the entire season about this team. This is the third one now. I'm not like you saw how they responded after the the road trip to Florida where they lost three straight. And then we realized, you know what, they were probably just tired and had COVID. We're probably going to come to a similar conclusion. Yeah. Would be my guess they're going to probably going to respond here. And, well, we but, were even we were we were really worried after those three games too. Oh fuck, we were freaking out. Like we were like, holy shit, this is what happens when they lose Geo. Blah 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 blah. They're just gonna fuck. This is it. We can't beat good teams. We can't beat teams in playoff type games. And then they came out and just were like unbelievable for like the next two months. So I I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not really panicking at all right now because uh, I feel like they're gonna do something similar. But regardless. Beginning of the season, Daryl said, look, this is a team that is going to fight for a playoff spot. We've been fighting all season long. We've had success. Guys are having great seasons. Daryl's figured out he's taking this team to <sighs> compare the level of hockey that this team plays to the level of hockey they played at the Ward. Just they're completely, entirely night and day. Well, right? compare how they've played – under like outside of 60 games under Bill Peters, under Gullison for two years, under Peters for the 2019, the majority of that season. Like it's not even close to the same level on a nightly basis. And I don't even think it's, it's not a psychological thing where Daryl's like, I got to tell them they suck. So they, they, you know, they'll try harder. I just think he's just probably hundred percent accurate. He's right. And he tells the truth. And he said on after hours last night, cause Scott Oak was asking his dumb questions, but he's like, Oh, you, you seem to hate media availabilities. And oh, do you say that as a message to your player? And he was like, well, not really. He said the most important people he's speaking to mostly in those press conferences is fans who want the truth. Yep. Fuck me. Fuck. Thank you. Thank you. That's why we, that's why fans like, that's why it's, you can't miss it anymore. And I was just complaining before we got on here that he didn't do press last night and it pissed me off. Cause then I can't get good information. Yeah. Because true. that's my, it's must like when Ward used to talk or Peters or Gulton, it was like, I can't fucking stand. I can't even watch this shit. No, I know no. what I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear the same old bullshit. It's going to be told, blah, 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 blah. After Daryl talks, it's like, I need to know. It's need to know information because he's telling the truth. He's telling you things as a fan that you might have missed or might not pick up on. And he's giving you the best insight into the team that you could ask for. Yeah. And like I said, he's beginning of the season. He says you're going to fight for a playoff spot. They they have, they've battled all season long. Like we mentioned, that's their foundation now, but they got 14 games left. It's going to be, they're going to have to continue to battle. Right. Uh, I feel like he'll have them ready, but we'll see what happens. They kind of split their games. They got only five more at home and the rest are on the road. Um, at this point, I'm happy with the road road games coming up. Um, but, you know, to wrap things up on my end, it's just like fucking this team uh, under Daryl Sutter, I, I, I'm just not worried. And like you said, he's going to give us the truth regardless in terms of where this team is at. And when they have success, why that is. And when they don't have that success, why that is as well. Um, 
No, no, no. Any, any closing thoughts on your buddy Daryl? I think I already said it. Like, he speaks the truth. Like, somebody DM me the other day. I think the best way to put it is Daryl Sutter is a vessel for the hockey gods. <laughs>